Hello, all of my Reapers and my Creepers out there. Hope y'all are doing good. Hey, guys. I think I feel like we have a doozy of an episode. I've been so excited to record <laughs> this one. You have been. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about the wonderful world of vampires. I love me some vampires. But not just, this isn't your typical vampire mm-hmm. episode. We probably will do a, a typical vampire episode at some point. But these are the different kinds of vampires around the world. Yeah, kind of using vampire loosely here. They all fit the category to some degree, but you might have different opinions on some of these, whether they fall as a vampire or not. But what what I really wanted to talk about today is how the same ideas appear independently through cultures that had no contact with each other. Yeah, how crazy is that? That, like, all of these very vastly different places have basically the same monsters, just different names. Right. And to me, we'll we'll get more into this. It just, I think there's more to the human psyche than you would really give credit just at face value. We're getting deep here. (laughs) (laughs) So buckle in. We're ready. So we'll get to the traditional vampires But I kind of want to start with the monster. I I don't want to say that started at all because some of these monsters did appear completely independent at different times throughout history. But this monster, at least, is the uh, granddaddy of the European monsters. Yeah. And this is the Strix. So this is an ancient Roman legend. It's a large-headed bird. A lot of times they're usually white, sometimes being in darker color. But it's basically an owl. It's a giant owl. Mystic owl. (laughs) Even the word is come to associate with owls. When you're looking at scientific names of birds, Mm -hmm. Strix is associated with owls. Oh, okay. So So this is more like real world, not a completely made up monster. So it is a monster, but they've used the legend of the monster to name real birds. Okay. Is, 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 is how it works. So so we're talking about the Strix. The plural, the words, the root words here is kind of what's important. The the Stryges is the, the plural for these monsters. But basically they were giant owls that ate babies. Why is it always the babies? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they, they they eat babies. One detail that I saw that I thought was kind of weird because it's a bird, uh, but it says the Strix in later folklore was a bird which squirted milk upon the lips of human infants. Oh my god. <laughs> That's kind of creepy, but birds also don't make milk. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Mr. Owl. <laughs> no milk. The Strix eats babies, squirts milk. <laughs> so... I just can't. I can't. <laughs> this is also the first instance where we see the placement of garlic to ward off the creature. Mm. Does garlic and milk not go together? <laughs> I mean, I would say no. no. <laughs> I've n- never tried it, but I would say no. Oof. I don't know. There's probably garlic in like cream-based pastas, which is essentially well, milk. Well, that's true. Just don't think... Sweet creamy, but savory creamy, I guess. Yeah. Some of the words that stem from this go into all kinds of European folklore. And this is really why I included this monster on the list is because of all really just the language of the words. So strega 
is rooted from Strix. It's and Estrega is Latin for or not Latin. It's Italian for witch. Okay. So what does it do? It's just a it's just a big bird that eats people. But how is that like a vampire? It's the it's the root. It's the root of vampires. Oh, I see. So basically this is the origin story, okay? Ooh. The, Start villain story now. Right. And and it's not even really related to vampires, but the root word from Latin is common in some of the other vampires. Oh, I, okay, I see. So that that's where we're going with this. Got it. Uh, Strega is uh, Italian for witch. We're going to look at the Strigoi, mm-hmm. which is a Romanian actual vampire. Mm. I know you're excited to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I have some stuff to talk about them also. <laughs> we're going to look at the Striga, which is uh, an Albanian witch vampire. So so really it's the words here that's interesting about this monster yeah. is just how it evolved to all these other cultures, but they all root in the Latin. Mm-hmm. That is cool. So just, just to see the myth grow. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not, it's, it's a man-eating bird. <laughs> Baby-eating <you>. bird. <laughs> with milk. Thank you, next. <laughs> Thank you, next. So, and some of these I don't have just a ton of info on. But sticking with our our Latin here, we're going to go look at the the Striga. And this is an Albanian witch. It's included in the vampires because it fed on what is called the Spiritus Vitae, which is... Life essence. Life essence. So I kind of interpreted that as the Roman version of chi. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great explanation. I I thought that was really interesting because I didn't know the Romans believed in anything like that, you know? Yeah, I would have... I mean, I don't feel like it's hard to imagine them believing in that. I just, not something that's talked about. Right. And it is kind of like, it's not much of a, a leap to go from life essence to blood mm-hmm. as far as what these creatures feed on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I thought that was was pretty interesting. Without blood, there is no life. So yeah. <laughs> it might as well be your essence. Also, this kind of goes with a lot of European folklore. It's a witch that fed on children. Why? Do we need to start like a scoreboard of monsters versus babies and children? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I could see it in a story type setting because it's it's pure innocence. Mm-hmm. There's nothing oh, bad about yeah, them. Duh. It's good versus evil. Yeah. And it also a lot of these stories were meant to warn children. Mm-hmm. Listen to your parents or you're going to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting 101 with Tanner. <laughs> You don't want an early bloody demise. Oh, my Lord. Listen to your parents or death will follow you. Witch vampires (laughs) that squirt milk upon your lips. What is happening? Yeah. What part of that does not make sense? Maybe it's the milk garlic. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So the Striga are actually pretty tough. Uh, they're long lived due to the consumption of the Spiritus Vitae. They can shape shift. Ooh, that's a new one. Yeah, their natural appearance is a very crony type person, type witch, like an old crone. An old crone. That's their natural appearance, but they can shape shift to be more appeasing, like 
more attractive. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. Beautification yeah. spell. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, they also have super strength and super speed. And there's only one weakness. What is it? Consecrated iron. No, but so what does it mean to be consecrated? Prayed over. Okay. And not and in whatever religion is. So just like prevalent. Con- consecrated just means it's been blessed. So just grab something with iron in it and pray over it. Yes. That's easy enough, right? But oh. it has to be feeding. Oh. To be vulnerable. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it's one of those uh, do this butt situations. Yeah. So it has to be feeding to be vulnerable enough to attack. Well, wouldn't its senses be at its highest when it's feeding? Because that, that's what the hunt is. I wouldn't think so. Well, during the hunt, but you're not feeding during the hunt. Well, yeah. You've already caught it. So it's guard like you is... let your guard down and okay. you're indulging. Mm. Okay. So you have to catch it when it's actually in the act of feeding. And then uh, basically instead of a wooden stake, use a consecrated piece of like a <laughs> rebar. <laughs> oh. Keep a piece of rebar and pray over it, you guys. <laughs> it's your only hope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Keep some garlic around for the milk. Falling from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see milk coming from the sky. You better run. It's a giant owl that's going to eat your children. My lord. Ugh. So yeah, that's the Striga from Albania. I like that it has magic. Yeah. That's cool. A lot of these creatures have m- magic to some degree. Well, and uh, so if... <laughs> okay, okay. So there's three categories that I found, basically, uh, while researching. I think it's super interesting the way that these kind of develop. So there are the cryptid type ones mm-hmm. where they're just monsters. Mm-hmm. There's the undead. Okay. And then there's the witches. Okay. And when I, when I say witches, I mean like Hocus Pocus 1 witches. Got it. Stereotypical. Yeah. What everybody thinks is a witch, but it's not actually a witch. Got it. <laughs> so um, those are the three categories. And I, I think the way that they develop is really interesting. The witch type ones can really appear in any culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because people innately fear what is different. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So I think in all cultures, there's an innate sphere of what can be perceived as magic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're... Uh, well, it's really broad what falls under the category of magic. Right. So and it I, makes it more versatile. And a lot of times I don't even think that it's actually per se magic. It's just something that the common people don't understand mm-hmm. and are going to label it magic and then resent the people associated with yep. it. Now, the cryptid ones... They are appearing in more rural type cultures, Mm. which I think is really interesting because you're looking at smaller settlements in a more wild setting. So naturally, you're going to fear the dark and the wild. Yeah, because in those rural areas, you're not necessarily the predator. Right. And not necessarily there might not be vampires out there. But depending on which culture we're talking about, there's 
lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's stuff out there to be afraid of. And people are going to naturally be afraid of that and like we talked a little earlier, you're going to want to teach your kids to be cautious. Oh my gosh. Side note, do you remember when we were camping in the mountains <laughs> and Goblin Goblin 2 is real little and She's, she kept wandering off. Well, and not only that, she kept whining too. Yeah, she and was we kept telling tired. We kept telling her like, if you cry, it's the bears are going to come. Because they're going to hear you crying. You, you can't cry. Plot and twist, the bear actually came. The bear actually came. <laughs> <laughs> we were, um, it was on the morning we were going to leave and everybody else that we were with was coming around the trailer. I was like, what the heck is going on? And there was a bear on the opposite side of our trailer. So, yeah, now uh, Goblin now 2 is, is absolutely just absolutely terrified, terrified of bears. Traumatized is the proper word. My bad. I'll, own up. I'll own up for that one. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we didn't think a bear would actually show up <laughs> in our defense. No, but just we kind of like, we kind of milked it all weekend. That That was our keep you from whining card and and sad to say it works it works but now we're like we don't talk about bears anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about bruno <laughs> so the next one i want to talk about is probably one of my favorites on the list what is it it is the Zhangxi. oh my gosh yes or an otherwise known as the chinese hopping vampire <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> So a lot of there's actually a whole movie culture in like kung fu movies and stuff based around this legend. Oh yes. They're typically seen in the Qing dynasty like official uniform. They stick their sh- arms straight out like zombie style and they hop around. <laughs> 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 this is an uh, an undead vampire. Okay. They're c- borderline comical but uh, if they do manage to catch you they will devour your chi so a lot like the streak uh, yeah and that's what i well like, we haven't even got to actual blood suckers yet but i think that's super interesting does it say how they like siphon the chi uh not that i found so i i, I don't know and even though i'm i am a person that's super interested in like uh in, in asian cultures i haven't found how they siphon it but i just imagine like hocus pocus how we, how they steal the children's life force i think of like uh dementors oh okay well that's similar yeah so yeah they siphon your chi away there are several different causes to becoming to becoming type? okay a zhang chi the use of supernatural arts to, so basically a necromancer could create one okay and <laughs> necromancy is like super taboo in any culture. Necromancy is just a healer with bad timing. Oh my gosh. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a spirit that possesses a dead body. Mm. So that not necessarily the person that was dead being resurrected. It could be a, a just a malevolent spirit that takes possession. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a scholar from the, the Qing dynasty named Yuan Mei. I kind of took him as being kind of like a, a Socrates mm-hmm. of this era. And he describes 
that there's two forces in a person. One's called the Hun and one's called the Po. And it's kind of like yin and yang. Okay. The, the Hun is the light and the Po is the dark. And the Hun leaves the body upon death. But a lot of times the Po can remain. And if there's too much of it, it can bring the corpse back. Okay. Like um, too much negativity in yeah, your soul. Yeah, too much negative energy upon death. Gotcha. If the person is not buried after a funeral has been held, they could come back as a Jiangxin. Like a just restless. Uh-huh. Or if the person's soul fails to leave due to suicide or a unnatural violent death. Mm. Something like that. The last one, which is probably a more modern spin on it, is a virus. Okay. Which would, that would technically fall under va- or zombie, wouldn't it? Uh, there's there's a couple legends that have vampirism under a what we presently would call a virus in the but modern age. But if they're age. undead with the virus, well, a lot of the accepted difference between zombieism and vampirism is the in- intelligence and the desires oh, of okay. the creature. Like the vampire undead is more like a regular human, whereas a zombie is not. Right. And I think that like like a vampire can act alone. Mm-hmm. It is more of a solitary creature. And zombies are going to be more herd mm-hmm. mentality. Even if they are smarter zombies, they're still typically a a herd yeah. or a group of them. Uh, that makes just, sense. They're going to eat all the flesh, not necessarily just the <laughs> life essence. Yeah. Brains. I see that. So there are subtle differences, I would say, between the two still. And there's lots of ways you can take down a Zhangxi, or not necessarily take one down, but escape. <laughs> <laughs> so the first is mirrors. They are scared of their reflection. Mm. So you could at least scare one off with a bunch of mirrors. I can't find it now, but there was a specific like Taoist set of mirrors that were, I guess they're essentially decorations, but they were a made in a certain way Mm. that could be more effective wood from a peach tree can be used to uh i think defeat them because the uh, peach is the essence of the five elements and can be used to subjugate evil i knew peaches were my favorite fruit for a reason i like peaches but for a different reason Um, a rooster's call will scare them away because roosters signify the rising of the sun. Oh, okay. So they can't be in the sun? Yeah, they can't be in the sun. So trick your, keep a rooster and flashlight it or something. Make it, make it start calling your, and the junk she will run away. Organic alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> Jujube seeds. And you nail the seeds to them at certain acupuncture points on a on the back of a corpse and it will keep it from becoming oh okay one. i was like man how are you gonna nail this vampire down yeah you gotta do it before it wakes up okay <laughs> fire fire will ward off most evil creatures mm-hmm. vinegar you can chant certain taoist mantras thread stained with a concoction of black ink and chicken blood wow blood of a black dog <laughs> 
holding one's breath. Oh my god! Why? Maybe that's how they siphon the chi is through your breath. Then that that would be like a dementor. Well, it looks like it's coming. So, out, but I hope you can hold your breath for a long time. Hmm. Might start working on that. <laughs> uh, this one I thought was interesting because there's a lot of nefarious spirits that have an obsession with counting. Mm-hmm. So if you drop a bag of coins in front of it, it will be forced to count the coins while you make your escape. See, that's just as crazy to me because, like, wherever these monsters come from, they're like, okay, you're going to be super powerful and you can do all this crazy stuff, but you got to count shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. How does that even happen? Um, you can stick a Taoist talisman on their forehead mm-hmm. and they will freeze. I don't know if I want to get that close. You don't play freeze tag with a vampire? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> See, you can subdue a hopping vampire. Uh, the person must take a thin yellow piece of paper, write out a stink spell. So, yeah, but you're supposed to write in chicken blood. Oh, okay. So chicken yep. blood for whatever reason. Oh, this is the mirror I was ta- trying to talk about. It's an eight-sided mirror called a bakwa mirror. The purpose is to reflect the light in a specific way. So I imagine it being kind of bowl shaped. Mm -hmm. And when you reflect the light, you can probably bounce it like a flashlight. Okay. Um, Sword charged under the light of the moon. Then would moon water work? Love me some moon water. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, there's lots of ways you can at least escape a Chinese hopping vampire. That's awesome. This was definitely my favorite one, like <laughs> because all of these things are ridiculous. Yes, chicken blood. Yeah, out of all the bloods, chicken blood. Well, holding your breath is a weird one. Cause... Yeah, I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I can't understand it if that's how they're siphoning the chi. Mm-hmm. But most people can't hold their breath for that long. Like they're just gonna, you're gonna pass out in a few minutes, and then they're just gonna get you. Yeah. So the next one is going to be more of a cryptid, and I'm going to butcher the name here. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I'm doing doing the best I can. Well, where is it originated? West Africa. Okay. So, and there's, <laughs> there's I guess, two very similar creatures. with So there's two different names, but it also could be the same creature, but from, like, different tribes of the area okay yeah having, that makes sense having a slightly different dialect or something you know mm-hmm. so it's the asan bosam and the sasa bonsam you're brave for trying that i don't know how how close that is it's probably not even close. i did my best <laughs> but these are not these are like cryptids they're their own race of creatures i don't think you can be turned into one they just they live in the forests and they got these weird hook feet. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> the feet alone are terrifying. Yeah. Uh, they hang upside down in the trees. One can have, I think it's the Asan Bosam can have like a monkey tail. While the Sasa, Sasa Bonsam can have like a bat head and wings. Is that like the difference between male and female? I don't know if it's the difference between male and female or if they're like, uh, if it's like the difference between chimpanzees and gorillas oh, okay like they're they're different but they're similar okay yeah but yeah they both high hang from the trees and you wander into the forest they jump down they get you 
the bat. How do they jump down on their hook feet? You just let go. It's like bat feet. You just let go of the tree branch. Oh, so is it like normal feet and it like hooks around that way? Because this picture, it looks like just a straight up hook. <laughs> yeah, but it look. It, I imagine there's also some sort of muscle in there, and they can just like open the hook more and let go. Still very strange. It's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Uh, but yeah, they'll jump down on their victims who uh, wander into the woods and uh, feed on your flesh. The bat type ones could have a twenty foot wingspan. Dang. They're well known throughout the Ghana and the Togo area of Af- West Africa. Mm-hmm. Some of them could have more human-like faces. Yeah, it's, it's really just these crazy hooked feet creatures that live in the woods. Next up is our uh, only Spanish vampire on the list. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> it's nothing like I envisioned in my head nope. when I read it. It's called <laughs> the Guaxa. I think that's that's how I'm going to say it. I don't think that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. Alrighty. <laughs> I uh, think we can forgive you. Trying my best here. <laughs> but it is, um, it's another witch type vampire. Mm-hmm. But it only has one tooth. Ugh, alfalfa vampire? Now, when I read it, I totally interpreted it like mosquito style. Like yeah. One tooth <laughs> in the center of their head <laughs> that they were going to use like a straw. <laughs> And then, yes. then I started looking at pictures and I was like, oh, this is nothing like I envisioned. <laughs> it's like. It's like a traditional vampire, but they pulled one thing out. <sighs> They've got a side part. Okay. They've got a side part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I totally, I totally was like, that's awesome. Freaking mosquito vampires. <laughs> this is another one I couldn't find much information on. They are a witch based and they do typically prey on children. Hi, Joe kids. <laughs> Hi, Joe kids. <laughs> These one-tooth vampires. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse, the one-tooth or the hopping. The hopping vampires are fantastic. Because like, how that am movie? I supposed to be afraid of that? What was that movie we were watching? It was like something... And the Seven Golden Vampires. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it was like a 70s kung fu movie. And they're fighting vampires. We need to finish the movie. Um, What did you say? Seven Golden Vampires? I remember that for sure. Yeah, The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. (laughs) It's a horror kung fu movie. With vampires. And it was made in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Because it has Peter Cushing in it. Which I thought was crazy because, for those of you who don't know, he plays Grand Moff Tarkin in the original, the first Star Wars. Okay. Which, I, when we first watched it, I was not expecting to see any actors that I recognized. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, but like in an awesome way. Yeah. I, I think the only place we could find to watch it was on YouTube. So if you want to watch Legend of the Sam- Seven Vampires. Look it up on Seven Golden. Seven Golden Vampires. Look it up on YouTube. So I'm gonna kind of hand it over to you here, because I, you did more research into these next two than I did. I just got excited about them because I I read a lot, but I was reading a book and it it talked about these two vampires. So whenever I saw that they were actually on our list, that excited me. The next one 
<laughs> that I'm going to be talking about is the Strigoi. And they are from Romanian mythology. But it says that they are troubled spirits that have risen from the grave. And they have abilities such as turning into an animal, becoming invisible, and gaining vitality of the blood of their victims. Mm-hmm. So they're bloodsuckers. It, this is the Strigoi uh-huh. we're talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. And these are the more like, these are like Nosferatu, right? Yes. So they they look like Nosferatu. They're pretty animalistic. They also come from the Latin word strix, like what you were talking in the beginning of the show. Right. Uh, So these are, and I thought that was super interesting watching the the root words go back to this one, that one monster. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they're just reawakened dead, but specifically they seek to torment their families until their relatives die. (laughs) Family problems. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're going to become a Strigoi, there are certain criteria for becoming one. Being the seventh child of the same sex in a family, led a life of sin, die without being married, die by execution for perjury, die by suicide, or dying from a witch's curse. Any of those will turn you into a strogoi. There are ways to defeat the strogoi. You can remove the head and then cut it in two. You can drive a nail into its forehead, which it, it doesn't say specifically, but I wonder if it has to be iron. Like the other one you mentioned. Possibly. Now, I, I will say, and we, we'll probably get more into this stuff once we do an episode like on traditional vampires. But there's all kinds of stuff people did. They would bury people with bricks in their mouths. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Definitely the Strigoi and the Maroi are what you would think of when you think of a vampire. Yeah. This is just like the more animalistic one. Yeah. You can exhume the strigoi. You you can place a clove of garlic under its tongue so it has an aversion to garlic as well. You smear its body with fat of a pig killed on St. Ignatius Day. It's very specific. Or you can turn its body face down so that whenever they wake up, because they're in the ground, once they wake up, they're, head, or they're headed towards the afterlife. Okay. Like they're never going to reach the surface because they're backwards, but they don't know it. And they're just going to dig all the way down to hell. Until they come out <laughs> the other side of the planet. And then it's their problem. No, that's true. <laughs> God, he's like in a Lion King. Dig a tunnel, dig, dig. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about the Maroi. So the Maroi is very similar, but they are, they they come from the Strigoi, but they are the evolved version so they are closer to what we know as dracula right and i love it they're my favorite and i know that's probably really basic but i love me some vampires (laughs) they hold a lot of importance for how they look so that's why especially in movies and stuff that's why they're always seeming to be in a place of power Mm -hmm. because they they are better than everybody else. Also, if you're immortal, you have plenty of time to uh, gain that power. In some versions, though, of the Maroi, it is a ghost of a dead person, which leaves the grave to draw energy from the living. So even though that is not how we know Dracula, it, it, it's a, it it's from. an easy transition from life energy to blood, though, as far as the yeah. evolution of the story. The Maroi were supposed to be the vampiric soul or spirit of an infant 
who was born illegitimately and then murdered by his own parents before being baptized. And it's like punishment to the parents by creating tempests and hailstorms. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very doom and gloom. You can stop the Maroi by a, ten- a relative attending your burial and walking around the grave three times. One of them should be carrying the latest candle used by the deceased, though, which is interesting. Burning resin twice a week on Tuesday and Saturday nights. That's very specific. I feel like it all is. <laughs> um, burning the clothes of the Maroi. You can stab the heart of the suspected Maroi with a needle, pin, or nail. Okay. I imagine those would be iron. Like, I think so, yeah. Well, just thinking about this time period, all of the nails are going to be iron. Right, so. right, yeah. And it says the main difference between the Strigoi and the Maroi is just the former being the undead vampire and the latter being the living vampire. Okay. But in Romanian folklore, this distinction is not always clear. And the Maroi may also be referred to as something like a phantom. Okay. So I do like how these two still so heavily influence modern day pop culture. Mm -hmm. Because I think anytime anybody thinks of vampire... They automatically think of Romania as well. Right. Transylvania, Dracula, that's all the Maroi. Then you still, like, even the Strigoi influences because we have Nosferatu. Mm -hmm. We have 30 Days of Night. Mm -hmm. We're fixing to get a new Nosferatu. Mm -hmm. So we still have that more animalistic. I want, I am a big nerd. uh, So I'm into Warhammer. Mm -hmm. And in the Death Armies for Age of Sigmar, we see both of those. Uh, in the Soulblight Gravelords, we see our Maroi style mm-hmm. with their very sophisticated vampires. You, there's usually only one in the army, and they command hordes of skeletons and zombies because they're more intelligent. They're more powerful as far as like political power, like we talked about with the Maroi. And status. Uh, yeah, status. So I thought that was super interesting. Uh, and then in what's called the Flesh Eater Courts, we have what would be the Strigoi, and I liked how you, which Warhammer might have it backwards to the Romanian legend, but I like how you described it, the living vampire and the undead vampire. Uh, the Soulblight Gravelords are very much undead, uh, and the, uh, they've had all that time to gain that status and everything, while the Flesh Eater Court vampires are the living vampire, because they're not necessarily dead. And the lore behind them, I think, is super interesting. They are basically cannibals. Oh, okay. So they're people that started eating dead flesh. You could even call them a ghoul mm. in in a way. But they've succumbed to a... I, th- I think the cannibalism has been the result of some sort of curse. They think that they're eating a normal feast. Which is why they're called flesh eater courts. Mm. Because they think they're in their royal court. A lot of them think that they're kings. Even though they're just these monsters. And they're feeding on all of these uh, innocents, but they think they're just feasting in their great hall. Would that be like if they had a virus that is is making it? Possibly, yeah. Because that's definitely it, psychological. Yeah. In, in the game lore, it's mystical, but okay, it could be transmitted the same way as a biological virus. Yeah. It, well, I guess a curse would be like a virus too. Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. But I think they're super cool just because of the, that added little hint of background where they think that they're these um, righteous kings and stuff Mm -hmm. in their own head. 
like they don't even see the world they they're seeing their hallucination basically but it's kind of sad it's it's really sad but <laughs> they're very animalistic and they have that same nosferatu kind of appearance with the the warped face and actual bat wings and stuff and that's cool yeah but yeah it's cool to see them still influencing pop culture yeah because it's what like at least 600 years later right and could you imagine i I mean the people that either created these legends or knew these monsters or however it may have happened they wouldn't i bet they would not have expected it to grow to this level to where right like people kind of like them and idolize them well i don't even know that they thought about that because so many of them thought that they were like it was a legitimate threat. Well, right. So, so if didn't... they were in today's time and they saw what it had become, they'd probably be mortified. Right. No, I think it's super interesting. And I love, there's little threads of commonality between all of these monsters we've talked talked about. And all of these places like had no contact with each other. Right. At least at the point of the inception of the monster, you know? Right. It's, I just think it's super interesting. Yeah. How did they all come up with the, basically um, the same monster? Yeah. Just slight characteristic details. And I, I think it speaks to people as a a species because we're, they say that we're only born with two fears and that's uh, loud noises and falling. Mm-hmm. But I think as we mature, I think there are more fears ingrained in us that we're not necessarily taught, but you have to mature to understand the world to figure it out. Yeah. Like with the cryptid type one, the fear of the wild, you know, mm-hmm. f- fear of what's out there in the dark. And then with the undead, I think it's a fear of, you know, a fear, not only a fear of death, but I did notice that a lot of the undead co- vampires come from more urban, but urban by the standards of when the legends were mm-hmm. created. Uh, because you have a lot of people in a small space, you have to figure out what to do with the dead. Mm-hmm. You have to fear that um you know a lot death comes with disease Mm -hmm. and if you're too close to that that rot that disease can spread so it's uh, a fear of infection stuff like that and i I think that's super interesting how we make stories to justify these fears and how it caters to where it's at yeah that's so cool we told y'all we were getting deep We, we were (laughs) <laughs> we are definitely out of time. Yeah. But we do have more vampires to talk about. So at some point we will do a part two to talk about some more of these crazy creatures. They're awesome. I love how weird and different they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the, it's a lot of fun. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, be sure you're following us on the Facebooks, the TikToks, the Instagrams. And send us some stories y'all might have. Yeah. We would love to tell people stories in our, our episodes. Uh, what's our email address if people want to reach out to us? Our email address is reaperscreepers.spooky22 at gmail.com. So shoot us an email. Let us know some of your stories. Or let us know how we're doing. Yeah. We love to hear from you guys. Thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.